Always remember to put the pastor on the front of that. Amen. I appreciate their heart. Uh, our mops, mothers meet uh, twice a month, every other Friday. One time they get together and they have a Bible study and a, a video time. And then one time they get together for a play date and maybe even some other times around. But it is very much, we appreciate the moms here, preschoolers who are involved. But uh, on those days, I, I often wander over and look and there's people I've never seen before that I don't know. So it's, it's very much a community outreach. So I encourage you to get involved in it and they'll have it all ready for you. Next Sunday morning on Mother's Day, so if some of you guys wonder what you're going to do, what would be better than this? Amen. Do you love the Lord? Amen. Amen. All right, let's get out our sermon sections, our Bible apps, not Bible apps, church apps. It includes a Bible in it. And I'm uh, moving along now. It's in the second message on the series Reigning with the King, which is sort of a spinoff of the Kingdom of God series I started back on Palm Sunday. Last week I talked to you about the Kingdom's earthly arm. Everything's great in the heavenly arm, not so great in the earthly arm, so we're talking about the earthly arm. And today I want to talk to you about the Kingdom's earthly power. The Kingdom's earthly power. The power of the Kingdom of God has been released upon the planet. And that's where you say, I'll say it again. The power of the kingdom of God has been released upon the planet. Amen. Hey, my laughter's doing better than you guys are usually my main source of encouragement over there. The power of God is so impressive that often it becomes the focus. But we cannot embrace the power of the kingdom without first embracing the king of the kingdom. Amen? We embrace the king of the kingdom first. So there is an aspect, I understand, I was never in the, the military. When I came along, there was nothing much going on, you know, as far as world conflict. It was a peaceful season. So uh, some of us never had a chance to get involved in that kind of thing. I guess we could have joined, but like I say, there was nothing much going on in the world at that time as it is now all the time. But I understand that in military training, there is a thing called weapons training, where people learn how, or military personnel learn how to use weapons. So I'd like to kind of compare the message today to weapons training. That We want to learn how to use the weapons that God has given us to operate in his kingdom. Does that sound like something you guys could get interested in? Does that sound like something you guys could get interested in? <laughs> All right. So there's three vital aspects <clears throat> to this kingdom power. First of all, kingdom power is connected to kingdom proclamation. Kingdom power is connected to kingdom proclamation. The power to heal has been released alongside the power to proclaim the kingdom of God. Look at Matthew 24, excuse me, Matthew 4:23. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom and and remember what he was doing, he was preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. 
The Bible says in Luke chapter 9, verse 11, crowds followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who were needed healing. Then you find in Luke chapter 10, verse 8 and 9, when you enter a city, Jesus talking to his disciples, when you enter a city or a town and are welcome, heal the sick that are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom of God is near you. Because the kingdom of God is near you, get this, the power of God is available to you. Because the kingdom of God is near you, the power of God is available to you. I... I remember one time there was this about 19 or 20-year-old young lady came up to me one time, and, and she said, Pastor, could I talk to you a moment? And I said, yeah, sure. And, and she sort of pulled me off the side, and she said, I really feel like God is calling me into a ministry of physical healing, and I'd like for you to kind of tell me how do I head down that path. And I thought for a moment, and for the first time in my, my, my life, this had dawned on me, and I don't know if this will surprise you or not, but I, I, at the spur of the moment, I simply said to her, well, the first thing you need to do is find a person in the New Testament who was called into a ministry of physical healing and learn. And I can tip you off right now, you're wasting your time. There is no such person. Not one person in the New Testament was called into a ministry of physical healing. They were called to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom and the power to heal flowed from that proclamation. Does that surprise you? God never picked... Paul or Peter or James or John and said, listen, I want you to take this power and I want you to run out to the world and, and I want you to heal the people. You'd. He said, I want you to take this message of the kingdom. And while you are proclaiming this message, go ahead and lay hands on the sick. Go ahead and pray for miracles. And because and while you are proclaiming the kingdom of God, people are going to start seeing the power of the kingdom of God working through your life. Can I tell you why people want healing flowing through them? Because it makes them famous. That's something to the ego. If I could freely and at will heal all the sick people who came to me, friends, we could go to Arrowhead Stadium tonight, fill it up, have prayer time, empty it and fill it up again, and that could go on all week long. See? But for some reason, God has chosen not to do that in anybody's life. Even the ones who say they can do it can't do it. I've always wondered why these people who would make such a, a, a thing out of 
the power to heal the sick. And believe me, I believe in the power to heal the sick. I preach the power. Every Sunday morning we call people up here to pray for them so that we can see the power of God released in their situation. But I all the time wonder why those who fill up big coliseums and, and, and rooms and arenas to preach healing, not Jesus, but healing, why don't they just go empty out all the hospitals? That'd be a lot more efficient. Because God does not allow that type of use of His power. God has married His power to the proclamation of His kingdom. This is weapons training, folks. This is weapons. God has married the proclamation of His kingdom to His power. You can't separate them. I watched a documentary this week where there was this guy who was profoundly and unmistakably, visibly crippled. His legs were twisted, and, and when he, he walked with crutches, and even at that, he had to work a long time because he would drag his feet with the crutches and almost walk on the sides of them. And he said, you know, one of the most frustrating things about this is I show up at healing meeting after healing meeting, and when I start down the aisle toward the stage, somebody intercepts me and won't let me get to the healing evangelist. They won't let me. And he started naming the healing evangelists that, that were there. And he, the only people who got to go to the stage were those people had some kind of ailment that you couldn't see. Again, please understand me. I believe in God's power to heal. I have experienced God's power to heal. I have seen people that we prayed for be healed. I am not at all against God's power. I'm against using God's power to promote humanity. I'm against using God's power to make people famous. When that young lady came up to me and said, Pastor, I really feel called into a, a ministry of physical healing. What I heard with my ears is I want to be famous. And I'd like God to take me there. Are you guys okay? It's, it's weapons training. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got, I know you may not believe this, but I have a friend. I have a friend who lives not too far from here, but not too close either. And he's really into signs and wonders. He just really, really is into them big time. He talks about them all the time. He, you, know, he, you know, it seemed like all the time, signs and wonders, signs and wonders, signs and wonders. And I called him one time and I said, you know, I've been doing a study. And I have discovered that not one single person in the New Testament was ever called to a ministry of healing. Will you refute that? We love each other so we can, we can slap each other around and not hold it against each other, right? You ever have those friends that you can kind of go back and forth, say you're ugly and your mama dresses you funny and it doesn't get, get, get to them, you know? And so I said, I, I'm just asking you because I want to know if, if I've spent my entire adult life and, and quite a few years before I was an adult studying the Bible and teaching the Bible. And I just recently came to the 
realization that God never called anyone to a ministry of healing. He called them to a ministry of the kingdom, and they healed as a consequence of that calling. And now I'd like you to open the Bible and tell me where I'm wrong. And I'm still waiting. (laughs) Uh, I'm still waiting to hear those passages that say it. We discussed the gifts of healing and their purpose, but we never found, to date, I've never found someone in the New Testament who was called to go out and heal people. I find people who were called to go out and proclaim the kingdom, and then God healed while they were doing that. That's. Weapons training. <clears throat> are you guys in just deep thought? You're not ticked off, are you? Our prayer should be now, are you listening? Our prayer should be God, fill me with your power. So I can serve your kingdom. Fill me with your power. So I can serve your kingdom. I don't need to be famous. I don't, I don't need people to flog. To fill me with your power. So that your kingdom is proclaimed effectively. Powerfully. With signs and wonders confirming. But God, fill me with your power so that your kingdom is proclaimed through my life. Write that down, folks. You need to be praying that for the next several days until it becomes part of you. Don't let a day go by without you saying, God, fill me with your power so I can effectively serve you. Amen. Secondly, kingdom power contains irresistible expansion. Kingdom power contains irresistible expansion. That's why you have to have it. Again, you can hand out tracts and brochures and how to come to know Jesus, but that stuff's going to be very limited. I know God can use anything, but if God is going to use you, there has to be the seeds of God's power working in your life. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in the field, and though it is the smallest. You want great power? God says you don't need great power. You need just a little bit. Because a little bit of my power is going to do some incredible things. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Look what he says in the next verse. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour. And it worked its way all through the dough. Have you ever watched homemade bread being made? My wife at a time got into a time when she was doing that and she had cut up those little dough balls. I learned don't touch them while they're swelling. You let the yeast out of them and it doesn't work. That <laughs> she laid some out one time, and as they were swelling, I went up and touched one. All the rest of them kept growing. There was just that one little bitty one in the middle of it. She said, what would you do? Not a thing, ma'am, not a thing. <laughs> but he said, you, you sow this yeast into the dough. 
set it down, and the yeast begins to irresistibly expand. Notice Mark chapter 4, verse 26. He also said, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. A man scatters seeds on the ground night and day. Watch this. Night and day. Are you watching? Whether he sleeps or gets up. Whether he sleeps or gets up. Any of you guys impatient? Three or four of you. Sometimes when I'm real aggressive as a deer hunter, I will plow up this patch of land and I will sow seeds in it. And one of the things I love about winter wheat is that it sprouts up within a couple days. You go out there every morning and you look. And a couple days later, that wheat starts shooting up through the ground. Grass can take a long time, but this stuff just shoots right up. But you know, it doesn't shoot up because I'm looking at it. (laughs) It would shoot up even if I wasn't looking at it. The seed sprouts and grows, though it does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, the head, the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle in because the harvest has come. It doesn't depend on human ability. God's power invested in me. This, some of you guys really need to hear this because it's, it's, it's what may be a problem. God's power invested in me works regardless of how inept or, or untalented I am because it's God's power working in me. You guys all right? It's God's power. You might say, I am the most untalented person in the world. I'll say, congratulations, God can use you. Because all it takes is for a little bit of God's power to get in you, and then something that is not dependent upon your ability begins to happen. Whether you're asleep or awake, it begins to happen. I'm kind of struggling as to whether to use this illustration because kind of makes me look bad. And we know you don't want to go out with me looking bad, do you? You want to hear it? I had a rough week last week. It was one of those weeks, maybe you guys never have them, but it was one of those weeks where you wonder if you're accomplishing anything with your life. Anybody else? Just me. A bunch of you guys skipped church last week. I, I walk out going, they don't want to hear me anymore. They've heard me for years. They're done with me. They don't want to hear anything. Went into the Sunday school class. They sat there and just looked at me. They didn't participate. You said you wanted to hear the illustration. And I'm wondering, I went to my office after service. I got out a violin. And I started, I started singing, trouble, 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 trouble. And I didn't really, I'm making that up. But I was sitting at my desk. My wife walked in and said, what's wrong with you? And I said, I just don't think people want to hear me anymore. I think, I think they're tired of me. I think 
you know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Monday morning I got up. I didn't feel any better. Tuesday morning I was sliding into a dark place. Wednesday I was really thinking, I wonder if I should go sell insurance. (laughs) Tim sells insurance and he's happy all the time. He never feels rejected. He never feels unloved and unappreciated. I wonder if I could sell insurance. I thought I could go over at Lowe's and I could sell power tools. (laughs) And Thursday, I woke up to this message on Facebook. Haven't heard from this guy in a long time. Pastor, I'm not sure if you remember me or not, but I attended the church you pastored when I was in college from 97 to 2001. And I came to know Christ while I was there. You baptized me in my sophomore year Anyway, I just wanted to say hi and see how you and I can't read my eyes how you and your family are doing. I talk about you often because you are a critical part of my testimony of faith. God used you in awesome ways in my life and I thank you for it. I think of you often. Marcia and I Yes, you did premarital counseling for us. We're missionaries for six years. And now I've been a pastor for the last five and a half. Anyway, I hope you're well. When you have times of of discouragement, whoa. In the midst of the battles of ministry, I hope you're able to find encouragement. And remembering that lives like mine, that God used you to change. Thank you for your faithfulness. Was that not a bomb dropped by God? I haven't seen this kid in 15, 16 years. He was out doing missionary work. He and his wife, who we also pastored. For six years and now pastoring a church. And all they were doing. And I didn't even know that I had any role in that. Whether he sleeps or he's awake. It keeps expanding. I sat there at my desk and and I cried. And I said, thank you, Lord. Because if I don't even know that your power is working through me, it's still working through me. 2015, into July, I was sitting in the fellowship hall, First Assembly of God in Cave City, Arkansas, eating a funeral dinner after my mom's funeral. was sitting there, and a gentleman came up and sat next to me that I had not seen in years. 
he had been a minister and some stuff had happened and he was no longer in the ministry. And I got to talking to him. I remembered him very well. He used to have jet black hair. Now he's got white hair. Strange how that happens. And as we were talking, I said, I'm sure you don't remember this. But back in 1976, you came to a little country church a few miles from here, and you preached, let no man despise your youth, but be an example of believers. I never forgot that. I was struggling at that moment to release the, the call of God on my life. I said, Brother, you'll never know what that night meant to me. And he looked at me and he said, Really? I had no idea. I had no idea. Years after my, our kids were grown, one of my kids in a moment of sort of intimacy, said to me, Dad, I've questioned a lot of things in my life, but I never questioned your relationship with Jesus. What am I saying? This power that God has grows when you don't even know it. You don't even know it. You don't even know it. There are young lives being formed at your feet as you're a dad, you're a mom, and, and you're speaking life into them. You're showing them the things of God, and you don't even realize it. They're just on the receiving end of the power that God has put in you. And one day they will rise up and say, you'll never know. You'll never know what you meant to me. You'll never know. Whether he sleeps or he's awake, it keeps growing. I want you to listen to me very carefully. Are you listening? I don't know if you sense it, but the, the Holy Spirit is heavy in here. As if something's happening right now. Uh, most of the stuff you do for the kingdom, you will never know about until you get to heaven. You can't keep score. Trace. The power of yeast. Trace the power of a seed that produces a tree, that produces a million seed, that produces a million trees. Which You can't keep track of that. Just do the work of the kingdom and let God keep track of it. Most of the stuff you accomplish for God you will never know about until God shows it to you from an eternal perspective.
Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? Because if you've got to keep score and you've got to know, I did this and this great thing happened, if you, if you have to have that to stay encouraged, it's not going to work very well. But when you just go out with your life and overpower the opposition with the sheer volume of the seed you're sowing. Parable of the sower, to me, that's what it means. People say we should plant on good ground. To me, the whole message of the parable of the sower is just overwhelm the opposition with the sheer amount of seed you sow. He might pick up some of it. He might cause some of it to rot. But some of it's going to find some good ground. Don't worry about where it lands. Just make sure it keeps landing. Amen. Number three. Kingdom power is incompatible with fruitlessness. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people who will produce fruit. It's fruit. God is, is not seeking fans of the kingdom. He is seeking servants of the kingdom. Amen. When we are all in, quote unquote, we will become fruitful and anything else other than all in will not allow that fruit to come from our lives. Do you know how to negotiate? Do you know how to negotiate? Some time ago, when my kids were buying a car, and they asked me to come along and negotiate. And so in the negotiating... We're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it's it's like playing poker, though I don't play poker, but I assume that it's kind of like that. They give a little, you give a little, and finally you come upon what you could do. I want to tell you something. God doesn't negotiate. God says, here are the terms of the kingdom. Take them or leave them. When I accept God's terms, I also accept God's power. When I say, God, I'm not negotiating, I'm not going to say, Lord, I, I'll serve you, but you got to let me go, let me go bury my dad, uh, uh, let me go say goodbye, let me do this, let me do and He said, that, no, I don't negotiate, you follow me, I'm the king. We don't try to produce fruit. We produce fruit because of what we are. We produce fruit because of what God has put in us. When I walk under His authority, His fruit is being created in my life. And it can be no other way. We've done all your notes, haven't we? Tiffany, you're out of notes back there. But you know, last night I added some notes. There's nothing 
that stresses Tiffany more than me adding notes. <laughs> she likes to think this way, but she doesn't have to worry about it because I'll just talk. I'm going to give you, as I was praying last night about this message, I felt like the Lord gave me a little extra to tack on to the end of it. You'll have to write these down if you want it, because I, and I do think you're going to want to write this down. These may be some of the most important notes you'll take after you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. How does the kingdom power come into your life? How does the kingdom power come into your life? Number one, celebrate the power that is already at work within you. Some of you are not the person you were. God has taken you and changed you and freed you and altered you where you're not even the person you used to be at all. You have a different worldview. Celebrate that. Amen. Celebrate the difference God has made in your life. And don't discount that. What an incredible God He is. Amen. You were a rascal. Say amen. You were contrary and hateful, immoral, a drunkard, you, you, a drug addict. You, you were all kinds of things. And the power of the kingdom of God moved into your heart and changed you. Celebrate that. Amen. Celebrate that. Talk about it. Tell about it. Testify about it. Number two, understand that power is a work of grace. Do you ever get to that place where you just don't want to put up with any foolishness anymore? <laughs> That's why old people are so blunt. <laughs> they just don't want to put up with that stuff anymore. And since I'm getting old, I'm going to be I'm going to be blunt. There's this silly game that we play in the Pentecostal charismatic movement. It's ego stroking. We go up to someone and we say, "There's something special about you. There's something so special about you. There's a glow." There's something really special about you. Let me tell you this. There's nothing special about you. But God uses people who are so average. I don't have to stroke your ego for God to do something great through you. God takes people who are just nothing special. You look at them, they're not that impressive. They could lose a few pounds, it wouldn't hurt them none, you know. Maybe they should gain a few pounds, that maybe wouldn't, or you ever see people, you go, man, somebody needs to stuff a cheeseburger down her throat, you know. You know, you, you see the, you, you know, you don't appear to be Einstein, you know. It, it, but here's the good news. 
the power of God is a work of grace. So God shows up in very average people and does the incredible through them. Not because they're incredible, because God is incredible. Man, I've fought with this my whole life. You feel like, I think there is prejudice against people from the South. You don't think so? I think it's it's kind of like racism, only it's statism. When I left Arkansas and then uh, and arrived in Springfield, which I know is still in the South, but if you go into the university, it's like a bubble and there's a whole lot of Yankees in there. <laughs> there's people from all over the world in there. And I remember when I would open my mouth and they would discern that Galilean draw. They immediately would think I was dumb. Emily agrees. <laughs> That's why I loved it when I started making good grades. And I'd say, y'all want to see my paper? I did so much better than y'all did. <laughs> you know, I really waxed eloquent in that when the Lord began to bless me and, and I began to, anyway. So I wrestled with that. Some people, you watch them when you say, I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> really? Did you marry your sister? No, no. It's, it's zonism or statism or something, you know, you're, you're facing that. And so you kind of move around, and <laughs> I didn't have those parents that some of you had. They're all telling, telling me how great I was, you know. Uh, my parents didn't, didn't read that book, you know. Uh, I got told the opposite on a regular basis. So on the great, and the reason I'm saying this is because some of you are really hung up here. One of the great hindrances of my life is simply believing that a God could use someone that's not that special. That's not a blue blood. That, that called out from under a rock in the Ozarks, you know. And God can use you. You might say, I'm not that special. I agree, you're not. But God is. You guys out of time yet? Number three, understand that His power works in us and through us unless we resist it. We can, the Bible says, quench the Holy Spirit. And the way we do that, and I, am I talking too fast? I know you're taking notes. So let me start over. Understand that the power of the kingdom works in us and through us unless we resist it. We can quench the Holy Spirit. The Bible warns us not to quench the Spirit's power. And the way you do this, listen very carefully, the way you do this, the way I do this, is to demand control. God, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and, and, and instead of saying, Master, you're in charge, you're in control, 
Send me, use me, do whatever you want with me. I am a subject of your throne. When I come to God with that kind of a disposition, God's power is going to flow through me. Number four, God's power is so potent that only he can track its progress. Sacrifice your ego. You don't have to win personal year. You don't have to draw a big crowd. Just be a person who is quietly and humbly sowing the seed and letting God keep score. Amen? And what am I, number five? Are you ready for number five? get to know the king through his word and through prayer. Get to know the king through his word and through prayer. I know I tell you to pray every day, God, fill me with your power so I can serve your kingdom more effectively. And this is going to sound a little bit contradictory, but I'm pretty sure that if you will spend time with the king and in his word, you won't even have to ask for power. You will come out of his presence with his power. You'll come from his presence walking under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I have no idea what God has accomplished through my life because I can't see it. Once in a while, you get a letter from someone you thought had completely forgot about you, and it just And I'm not telling you, I'm promising you on the authority of the, of the unchanging word of God that you as a subject of God's kingdom need to be walking in the power of that kingdom. Not to get famous, but to be fruitful. And you just never know. I stood there. In the factory. With everybody making fun of me. Because I wouldn't talk the way they talked. And I wouldn't laugh at what they laughed at. And and I wouldn't do the things after work that they would do. I stood there with all that persecution coming. I've been there before I went into ministry full time. And I would think these people hate me. They hate me. And then. Late at night my phone would ring. One of those guys who would never be nice to me in public would say, hey, they they call me preacher. (laughs) Hey, preacher. Yeah? Can I talk to you? Yeah? I need you to pray for me. My wife's threatening to leave. Or my dad just found out he's got cancer. Or my mom's in real trouble. See, I thought I was standing there 
as a whipping post for them to make fun of me. But God is throwing seed. Amen? You've got to get this. You've got to get this. You feel? Do you feel the Holy Spirit's presence? I hope it's not just up here. You feel it? Okay, stand with me. Listen. The more I seek him, the more I find him. And the more I find him, my sister, God wants to take you in his arms and pull you into his power not to make you famous but to make you fruitful not to stroke your ego but to bring himself praise please, I appeal to you that that sense of his presence brooding over this place right now just Let him make you a mom that your kids will never get over in a positive way. Let him make you a co-worker that the people around you will never be able to erase your marks off of their lives. Go. Proclaim the kingdom. someone whose hand is up and they're around you, will you just reach over and, and put your hand on their shoulder or their back, however, and let's pray that God in the Holy Spirit 
will breathe his power upon our lives. Father, descend on us with power. Descend on us with anointing. Descend on us with fruitfulness. God, do your work. Lord, break down our stubborn resistance to your authority and help us yield you, God. Help us yield to you, Father. us effective in your kingdom. Make us men and women of power. May we be able to move forward in the power of who you are. Not who we are, but who you are. create eternal fruit. Thank you for that, Father. Lord, I praise you for your glory that will be revealed in your people and in your church. And then, Lord, I ask you if there's one here today who does not know you as Lord and Savior, that you will give them the faith to right now to believe in their heart and confess with their mouth, Jesus, Lord, and help them, Lord, to know that you died for every sin of their life and you want to write their name in your book. Give them the faith to believe you and trust you for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I always say, if you prayed that prayer to receive Christ, please let me know one way or another. We need to help you get started. Amen. The series is picking up some steam now. You don't want to miss next Sunday. God bless. See you later. Have a great day.